Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Hope will never disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Romans chapter 5. Paul is writing this letter to this church in Rome, this gathering of Christians in this metropolis of Rome, where all the cultures of the world cross, where all the religions of the world are present. And he's writing to these early Christians, these first people trying to figure out what it is to be a Christian, what it is to follow a Jesus who suffered and died and rose again. Paul is writing to them in this place where religion is all about comfort and fortune. You carried your personal family gods in your purse or in your pocket like some good luck charm to make your life comfortable, that things would work out for you. You went to this temple to pray for rain, and this temple to pray for money, and this temple to pray for something else. Religion was all about comfort and fortune. How then do you follow this Jesus? This Jesus who suffered and died and rose again. What does it look like? What does it mean? Because we as Christians like them before do not follow Jesus the banker. We do not follow Jesus the Santa Claus. We follow Jesus the Messiah who suffered and died so that he was resurrected and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. So Paul writes to them and says, We have been justified in faith, so we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. But this religion, this Christianity, is not just for someday. It's not a hope or a religion that sits around and just puts up with the world until we die and then we go to heaven. No, Paul says that we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Imagine that. In that world, in our world, we glory in our sufferings. What a witness to a world that desires comfort and fortune. Sometimes we even make our faith, our religion, more about comfort and fortune than about this Jesus who suffered and died 
and was resurrected. Paul says not only do we hope in the glory of God, but we also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And that hope will never disappoint us because the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that's given to us. Ever since February, March, We've been living in this uncertain time and we just keep hearing or we keep thinking, when are things going to go back? When are we going to go back to normal? When are things going to go back to the way they were? When is this going to end and everything is back to normal the way it should be? But Paul is writing to this church, these people in their day, their own suffering, their own trials and tribulations. And he's speaking to us too in our suffering, our current trials and tribulations, our our current pandemic and brokenness of our world, our current suffering. And saying that God is not leading us back, but God is leading us through through into the future that only God holds. God is not taking us back. God is not taking us back to what is normal, for there is nothing normal about our God. God is ever-changing, but is never, ever normal. Our God is amazing, all-loving, all-powerful. God is leading us through. And I believe that's what's happening to us right now. That in this time of of suffering, and our world, our nation is suffering, God is leading us through. Do we have the power, the courage, the audacity to glory in our sufferings? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope that will not disappoint. For the love of God is poured into our hearts so we can take anything. What a time this has been. In this summer where we thought maybe we would have some some break and now it's risen up again. And we opened church, we've closed church There are are couples and families trying to hold weddings in our church in this time, this time of pandemic. Remember when you just had a wedding? It was great. You just had to worry about dresses and, and chairs and caterers. Well, yeah, okay, you had a lot to worry about, but it was just a wedding. But now everything changes. It changes by the month. It changes by the week. It changes by the day. And families and couples are struggling just to figure out what what does a wedding look like in this time. Some of them have gone from grand expanse of a wedding and reception to simply family gathering now to get married. It's funny. I can remember hearing so often from older people that, you know, they look at weddings today and say, oh my goodness, what that wedding cost, you could buy a house. I remember when we got married, we just went after work over to the parsonage and knocked on the door and the pastor married us in the front room, the parlor. And we went away for a day and back at work on Monday. 
these maybe are the good old days again in a way. I sat with a couple and we were trying to work out this wedding and what it would look like. And I said to them, do you realize the rest of your life, the rest of your life, you can tell your children and your grandchildren, we got married in the middle of a pandemic. And how powerful it is for a couple to stand before God and declare their love for each other and declare a hope in a future. Maybe they can't have everything they wanted for their wedding. But what is more important than their love for each other, their love for God, and their hope in a future? Also in our church, we're trying to figure out how will our preschool open. Remember when schools just opened? I mean, the school just just set a calendar, set a date, and then you, you went and you bought clothes and a backpack and pencils and books and all that stuff. Oh, those were the days, weren't they? Now we don't know how school will open, whether it will open, what it will look like. Our preschool's trying to figure out how do we do preschool? How do we how teach kids to share and socialize in the midst of uh, social distancing and mask-filled times? And somebody said, what, what's going to happen to these kids? And I thought, and said sort of sarcastically, but some truth in it, they're going to grow up tough. That's what's going to happen. Because I think we're a little soft. Some, some of us, I'm speaking myself, a little bit of a baby. Because we haven't lived through times like this. We haven't lived through suffering like this. We've, we've sort of had it easy, even though we never thought we had it easy. These kids are going to grow up tough the rest of their life. These kids today, these kids that go back to school, whatever it looks like this fall, can tell their grandchildren that they had to go to school with a mask on both ways uphill the rest of their life because suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And this hope will never disappoint because this hope is the love of God poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. God is leading us through. God will not lead us backward. Never and nothing will ever be normal again. But God will be with us. The other day I was at um, Giant Eagle and I was standing on my dot, you know, my circle that says six feet social distancing. And as I stood there, I was looking down at my feet and looking at that circle and I was picturing a day when someone has peeled that sticker off the floor. And maybe there's a, a circle of glue left there or maybe that circle is so clean compared to the rest of the floor, but it is gone. It is lifted we have a hope that the world sometimes can't understand because we have been justified through faith through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we have gained access by faith into this great grace in which we stand, in which we live. A grace that's not just for someday in heaven, but a grace that is for today and a grace that is for times like these. In the midst of our suffering, God gives us and produces within us perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. And this hope 
will not put us to shame. It will never disappoint us because it is the love of God poured into our heart through the Holy Spirit given to us. Our God, our God is simply amazing. Our God is the God who looked at the world when it had no shape, it had no form. It was nothing but seas tossing here and there. Our God is the God who moved across the dark waters and could already see, could already envision what he was going to create. Our God is a God who brought light out of the midst of darkness. Our God is a God who formed the earth in the midst of the sea. Our God who is the one who said to the sea, you will stop here, you'll come no farther. Our God is the one who created us, human beings and animals that we love and, and plants and corn and zucchini and tomatoes and vegetables galore. Our God is an awesome God. That is the God that we hope in. That is the God that is working in you and I, producing perseverance and perseverance making character and character giving us, giving birth to hope, a hope that will not disappoint. Even in the midst of our suffering, we follow a Christ who suffered and died and was resurrected. That's who we walk behind. That's who we hope in day in and day out. Amen.